This team right here, I tell you, this team is is in a lounge chair sipping coladas. That's what this team is. <laughs> They're comfortable. And I don't want to hear that self-inflicted wounds. No, the, the, the Ravens beat you. L Boogie beat you. The running game beat you. Yeah, you beat yourself. You got to understand you can't make those kind of mistakes this late in the season. Yeah, those games, yeah, they're slept and fit. But these teams are beating you. The Clevelands, the Cincinnati, the Baltimore's are beating you up physically. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, David Garrard, and oh, my pocket. Dylan Denmark. I had a little taste of the uh, fifth quarter last night. Leon Searcy weighing in on the Jags' latest loss, 23-7 to the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. Reaction Monday as it feels like things are slipping through their fingers a little bit here. At least that's the way it feels to me. I can only speak for myself. You don't have to feel that way. I understand the Jags are in first place by virtue of they hold the tiebreakers over both Indianapolis and Houston. And that's good. Rather be there than not. But damn, could have had some breathing room. Uh, good morning, Tony Smith. How are you? I'm doing well. You get a little sleep? Little. Little, right? Yeah. It's about the, little sleep. the yeah. order of the, the night last night. DG, how are you? I'm good. I, I got plenty of sleep. All right, good for you. You were home. <laughs> I was. To, ready to, I, I, if I were uh, like you, I would have boycotted the post game as well. <laughs> I, I did. I, 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 I had no issue with that as well. Um, let's hit up today's 10-10 take pockets right out the gate. 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by JNM Roofing Jacksonville, your storm restoration specialists. All right, before we get to the the, the meat of mm. the issue, mm-hmm. it's one express. Trevor Lawrence, speedy recovery, right? Yeah. Like the guy did get his head slammed in the ground last night yep. and is in the concussion protocol. So I don't want to appear like we're not aware that there's more to life than uh, a performance, but we're here to critique a performance. And you're not going to like it yeah. today, I don't think. And uh, so, you know, just wanted to put out there that that's the number one priority for all these guys. Like yourself, David, you guys put your health on the line every time you go out there. And, you know, we tend to think of you as disposable chess pieces to move around in our mind as we will and what have you. And, and all that is true to some degree, right? And I get it. And fans are fans and they pay money and they have every right to their opinion. I think the media has the right to their opinion. Everyone who's interested in the league has the right to their opinion on the play of these guys I just wanted to put it out there we recognize and we wish the best for a speedy recovery I'll say this tone um as frustrating as it was to watch Trevor Lawrence make some mental mistakes last night physical mistakes to me there's not a question that he gives the Jags the best chance to overcome teams I still believe in the talent in Trevor Lawrence I think he's got to refine that talent. He's got to sometimes almost rein it in a little bit. I think he wants to make the hero play almost every time, Tony, and doesn't know sometimes when to live to fight the next down. Look, I think two things can be true, right? You can look at the course of the season, the course of even the last month of Jaguars football, and Trevor didn't do a whole lot to help him win against Cleveland. He wasn't terrible. He was just kind of okay, right, in that game against Cleveland. The three weeks before that, Trevor Lawrence was playing fantastic, right? Now, they happened to lose one of those games against Cincinnati because the defense was miserably bad that night, right? But 
he was playing very well for that stretch. They had won seven out of eight at one point this season. If everyone was holding a shovel, right, everyone was digging last night, Trevor Lawrence actually put him in the ground, right? Like, they had no chance to win with him playing the way that he played last night. He hurt them badly Mm -hmm. last night, but that doesn't mean that he's never helped them, that he wasn't helping them two weeks ago, right? Like, it doesn't mean those things aren't still true. It's not that he's only what he was last night, but that doesn't mean that you can watch last night's game and feel good about the game that Trevor Lawrence played. You just can't have the kind of mistakes that he's continuing to have in those kind of moments. You're fumbling with nobody touching you? Like, how does that stuff even still happen at this point, David? But it is. It's happening. Yeah, uh, you know what? It it really threw me uh, through a loop last night watching the game, uh, especially the play, like you're saying, where he's scrambling and he just lays the ball on the ground. He's he's. You're not always – focused on the ball in your mind, but you know it's there, and you know you got to hold on to it. It's when guys come in and start scraping at it and punching at it, that's that's you know it, that's when it's tough for a quarterback because we're not always running like running backs. We're, we're, trying not, we're trying to stay alive for the next play. So when guys come in aggressively, that's when those kind of things happen. But to just not – take care of the ball in that moment in a situation when we're actually moving the ball, trying to get some points on the board, that that was just the most unfortunate situation ever. And, and I was getting on him hard last night. I'm not going to say some of the things that I was saying last night watching the TV, but it, it, it everybody had the same probably thoughts and emotions I had. Look, it, looking up the numbers, Trevor Lawrence has lost more fumbles yeah. than anyone yep. in the league by a significant margin. I knew that. In the last three years. Mm-hmm. He's lost lost 20. He's fumbled it 31 times, which is second most mm-hmm. in the league, uh, along with, I think it might be right there uh, with Jalen Hurts, who runs it a ton, yes. and Justin Fields, who runs it a ton, and yet he's lost 20. Jared Goff is next with 14. And I imagine most of Goffs are like getting hit in the pocket as yeah. you're you're setting up the throw and what have you. And I we all understand that. You get blindsided, you get rocked. It's one thing. It's even the second one, Dave. He's already going down. He's being dragged to the ground. And I understand. You're, you're thinking in your mind, we gotta, I have to make a play here because it's third down and we're down two scores. But like that's the, what doing too much. That's what it looks like. Hang on to the ball. That's what I'm trying to make this play. I've got to make a play for my team. I can't take this sack. I've got to get the ball out of my hands. I've got to get it to the line of scrimmage. Let me just get it. And the ball comes out because there's a lot of fast, big guys around you trying to get that ball. You've got to just eat it and take it to the ground with you, as unfortunate as that is. Look. Missed field goal, right? Should have got another opportunity. I mean, the the how do you miss running into Brandon McManus when the whole focal yeah. point of everyone in the stadium is on a kicker? That you're everyone's watching one player, yep. and he gets run into, and it wouldn't have given him a first down, but it would have given him another try for yeah. forty five yards, yeah. and that same kick would have been good from forty five. So you feel like, you know, McManus, hey, make the kick, yep. right? But should have had an opportunity. The second one, now I'm, I'm, I don't know how windy it was in the stadium. 
right? But I hear Frank on the broadcast on the first 50-yarder say he's got the wind at his back mm-hmm. here. And it seemed like he was saying it was a little bit significant. So he pushes that one. So then, all right, we're going to try it from 55 going into the wind in the second quarter. Hooks that one badly. I don't know if it's still in his head, the the getting run into thing or not. So now you squandered two opportunities. You drop the ball. So, okay, all this, it's three to three nothing. nothing. yeah. The defense yeah. has kept you right there Ballin. in the game. Ball it as best they can against Lamar. Lamar comes up, makes some plays because Lamar's going to make some yeah. plays, yeah. and they score a touchdown. It's 10 to nothing, but you've saved a minute plus, and you hit the big play to Zay, and yeah. boom, we're going to go down. And, and at worst, at worst, we're going to get a chip shot three. Mm-hmm. At wor- That's the worst-case scenario. The second worst-case scenario would be – I guess only getting maybe one throw into the end zone. I mean, yeah. like I understand, like you were coming in today, we were talking about it before, you're saying I would have clocked it, right? Yep. Now, clearly, they, they've got something, they practice this, right? Yeah. And, and there are scenarios where teams go up and there's different philosophies, and the time it takes to clock it, if you think you got to look, boom, it's only going to take a second or two more, and you get one extra shot to the end zone. Yeah. Dave, how do, I mean, what, what can be going through – quarterback who's played as much as Trevor Lawrence has to throw it to the three-yard line with no timeouts left with 10 seconds on the clock. I I don't understand. This is why I would have clocked it because I would have given myself enough chance for everybody that just ran 50 yards or however far to get down here to let's get the next play set so that we can call something where guys are running in the end zone. And I understand the play call that they called, but the receiver has to understand I've got to go an extra yard or two because I don't want to catch the ball two or three yards short of the end zone. I want to catch it at least at the line where I can turn and stick the ball over. Those are things that are taught. It is not the right depth for your actual route. Run it a little bit deeper so that you have your give yourself a chance to put the ball in the end zone. But we can't we can't run that and throw it short and then just get tackled. And now the Half is over. Like, we did all that work just to get up here and be out of bounds at the one or tackle at the one-yard line. It's almost better that you didn't hit the play to Zay because it's so deflating at that point, mm-hmm. right? You go to, And you're like, okay, you yeah, know what? We get, yeah. We're going to get something right back. You know, we've kicked our own butts in this first half. We've shot ourselves in the proverbial foot, all these cliches, but they're all true, and we're going to get some points, and – we're going to feel completely different about this game, and it, it just sucks the light out of you. It does, and then point. they get the ball coming out of the half, and so you're like, shoot, it's a double whammy. Like you said, it's very, very deflating for the whole stadium. Now, that being said, oh, like, there's more blame to go around than just on a couple of individuals. Yeah. And, it, it, again, no run game. Can't None. move anybody in there. And I was shocked at how well ETN moved the ball on the ground early in mm-hmm. this game. I was like, wow, okay, yeah. maybe yeah. we're going to have this run game where we get four and a half yards of carry and we have a balanced offense and we can do some different things and then get into the second quarter and it slowed down and then you get in the second half tone. And I mean, Travis ETN, by my count, if I haven't missed it, has run for negative three yards in the last two second halves combined. Mm. I mean, I don't think it's all Travis Etienne. No. Um, you know, I don't know where the holes are. I, I, you know, so now you've got an offensive line that can't run block the, or a run game that can't generate any yeah. push, whatever. Christian Kirk's out. 
I think you're definitely missing him. Mm-hmm. Zay Jones pulls a hamstring late. Mm-hmm. Got to I mean, if I'm guessing today, and that's all it is. I'm the doctor, but I'm guessing he's not going to play this week. You don't mm-hmm. usually return that quickly from a hamstring. So now you're going into a situation where Tampa just went on the road and won by 14 in Green Bay, and Baker Mayfield put up a perfect quarterback rating yeah, in the I game. Yeah, I watched that one. I mean, Chris Godwin doesn't practice all week, does the walkthrough on Friday, goes out for 155 yards mm. yesterday. Uh, Mike Evans is still – on a express ride to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Rashad White is playing great. That's just their offensive yeah. pieces. Vita Bay is waiting in the middle of that defensive line. And, I mean, whew, buddy. I mean, look, I'd still rather be where the Jags are than where Houston and Indy are. And there are no excuses. I mean, Gardner Minshew is their backup quarterback. Right? I mean, Houston comes back, and thanks a lot, Tennessee. For having that lead and blowing that lead yesterday, but I mean, not you got it now. You got to root like the the focus has to win. Hey, just win, right? Win yeah. your games. But I don't, don't. Do you think they're going three and zero in their last three? No, neither do I. Like I'm not saying that I have any confidence that what they need to do is what they're going to do. But that doesn't change what they got to do. Yeah, they got to win. Yeah, like they've lost three in a row. They can't lose again. Right, they've Maybe put themselves. Not again, period. Right, they've put yeah. themselves in that position. They had a big lead three weeks ago. They've blown that lead. You no longer have space for any of that kind of thing to happen. You need to beat Tampa. You need to beat Carolina. And odds are you're going to need to beat Tennessee when everything is said and done. Like the the rope is gone mm-hmm. that you provided yourself with winning seven out of eight. The reality is the reality. That doesn't mean that you have to feel good about their chances to win the last three football games at this point. That road trip to Tampa, that's a tough game for this team considering how little is working on offense and your quarterback is in the concussion protocol and he feels like the only thing that gives you a chance week to week to have an offense that is effective. But we have no idea if he's even going to be available. They're in a – I get why people are where they're at with the team right now. You're still going to play the last three games. You're technically still in first place in the AFC South right now. Finish the season, get into the playoffs, and we can talk about all the offseason stuff when we get to the offseason. They haven't done that yet. They're not eliminated, you know, at this point in time. We'll see if they can figure some things out, turn something around to give themselves an opportunity over the course of this last three weeks. Um, all right. Uh <laughs> yeah. Plain and simple, guys, this is on the text line designed by lifetime enclosures. I don't care Parker, Washington, Brandis are out short of the end zone. Trevor can see he's not in the end zone. Why the hell throw it? Nobody said that Parker, Washington, running it to the three absolves Trevor Lawrence of anything. No. no. I mean, I put all that on Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence is the one who decides where the ball's going there. And Dave, you know better, way better than mm-hmm. us. But it's got to be, you either see it open in the end zone or it's over the guy's head and it's got to be instantly processed. Yeah, he's the one calling the play. So he knows what he's calling. And if he sees his guy that's running the ball short, yeah, you can sail it right over his head so that he doesn't catch it short and doesn't get t- and it won't get tackled in bounds in the field of play and not for a touchdown. So yeah, that it was just all bad. That's why I was yelling, "Clock it, clock it, clock it." It's like running that, you know. Hey, it's third and five. Let's run a screen a yard behind the line of scrimmage sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but usually you get to punt and move on or whatever and usually out in the field of play there's more space 
down here, they're not. There's no space. The the guys aren't backing there's up. There's no that threat far. of somebody running. Yeah, deep they're on not you, backing right. up that far on defense. So yeah. he might give you a little cushion. It's gonna be like one yard. Right. But then he's gonna tackle you as soon as you catch yes, it. Yes, like we saw. That's why you got to get at least to the end zone. All right. Uh, today we want your reaction, and all we ask is that you keep it clean. Right. I mean, I understand people are gonna be upset, or maybe not. I, I'm not gonna presume to speak for you. Uh, we'll speak for ourselves today, but we certainly want to hear your reaction to the Jags' 23-7 loss and where things stand right now. They are in first place, but it's as tenuous a grasp on first place as I can uh, feel comfortable with. I, it almost feels like they're the pursuer at this point in time. But like Tony said, if you win, none of it matters. doesn't matter what Houston and Indy do if you win. Mm -hmm. What's your confidence level that they're going to hold up just that end of the bargain and what's supposed to be the softer Last home stretch of this schedule, certainly compared to the last three games. Let's talk about it today at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. You can hit us up there as well in the YouTube chat on social media at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at David Garrard 9, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. Pockets, good morning, by the way. Yo. Heard you hit the driver well yesterday. I Congratulations. did. Congratulations. Right. Thank you. Let's move along. Yes. All right. We'll take your calls <laughs> coming up next. Uh, it's, I'm not even going to celebrate Tony's bad week in the breakfast bowl. You know, honestly, though, we all can agree. Duraco taking Gus Edwards in the breakfast bowl is the direct cause of the Jaguars losing last night. And any bad things that befall them for the rest of the season, Mike Duraco, hope <laughs> it was worth it. All right. So only half kidding. Six four one ten ten. This is Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Just Monday, David Garrard Monday on 1010XL. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. All right, a reaction Monday. David Garrard in studio here with us. Jacks fall again, three in a row. Can't run away from it. Eight and six, though. They are still in first place. They are tied for the division lead. It just feels like all the momentum, the complete opposite. It's kind of where the Tennessee Titans were last year, right? They're the division leader, and then they went on a big losing streak to end the season. And I'm not saying the Jags are going to do that. I have low confidence right now that they're going to go into Tampa and win. Really have low yeah. confidence. Now, my confidence level, one way or the other, has no bearing on the outcome. Yeah. So, and I will be rooting my ass off. I picked them to lose this week. That doesn't mean I wasn't going through poor Tony has put I'm like, I, I don't, I, I do ride the roller coaster, <laughs> but that's why I stay off social media during the game. Cause I don't want to say something stupid in the moment where I'm going to get carried away. And hopefully by the time the game's over, I can collect my thoughts, but I am just like, like you, I'm saying some very yeah. need to be censored things. Uh, there, fortunately, that's a soundproof radio studio that we work in, Tony, on <laughs> yeah. game day. There is a better than zero chance right now that Indianapolis and Houston could be playing Week 18 for the division championship. Yes. Right? Like, like head-to-head like, -head and the Jags are eliminated. Yeah. Like there's wow. a better than zero chance that that could happen right now when they had a 97% chance to win the division three weeks ago. Isn't that crazy? Right, there like is. that's what's happened in the last three weeks. You still got three weeks left in the season. It's not over. It just feels like you can, You know it's slipping away because it, it is. Like it's it's happening right in front of your eyes. And I don't expect anybody in the locker room to express it that way because they can't afford to express it that way, right? Like you have to be yeah. the professional 
We got to get ready for Tampa. We're going to turn this thing around. Like that's what we're going to hear it's all, all week. Correctable tone. Right. Like that's the kind of thing they have to say, right? For their own psyche. For publicly. their own psyche. Right. Exactly. You have to be saying that. Whether they feel that in that room or not, that's on them. Yeah. Right. To figure all that kind of stuff out because there's no way they're not feeling in that room what the entire nation of Jaguars fans feel right now that it's slipping away uh, from them at this point in time. But it's on them to turn that kind of thing around. That being said, okay, you're the team that has the tiebreakers. You're the team with your chosen starting quarterback. You're the team that, granted, you're getting your weapons decimated here yeah. a little bit. Okay. Houston lost Tank Dell for the season. They lost Nico Collins this week. They didn't have their quarterback. Indy has played without Jonathan Taylor most of the year. Michael Pittman went out and left the game and didn't come back. They lost Zach Moss early in that football game as well, and Gardner Minshew let him up and down the field. He's their backup. And he's their backup Mm -hmm. against the Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend. And so no one cares, quite frankly. Go make it happen. We are not finding ways to win games. We are finding ways to lose them. They're, they're definitely compounding their, their losing chances. They're multiplying yeah. them with some – I mean, I'm not trying to – the Ravens have every right to consider themselves the best team in the AFC. The record says so. Yeah. They're a better team than Jacksonville. Not saying that. I'm saying how do you even have a chance if you're going to – four scoring opportunities in the first half and you don't take advantage of any, any. of them. Any of them. And all, the Ravens didn't miss make McManus miss those field goals. Nope. It wasn't some great push up the middle that that caused him to hurry his approach or anything like that. They didn't make Trevor fumble. They didn't make Trevor throw a ridiculous pass in bounds. Any of this stuff. They did enough on their own. You don't have to help them. You know, how many pre-snap penalties we have again? Tony, false starts last night. Three, Three. of them on offense, right? Yeah. They had four penalties in the game. But they were all pre-snap. All dumb. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Six four one ten ten. <laughs> we can go around in circles on this, but uh, we'd like you to join us in those circles. Uh, so let's go to Greg on the north side to lead things off this morning on a reaction Monday. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, gentlemen. I was at that game last night. A couple of observations. First thing, uh, that was really hilarious by the Jags organization. Literally last night was supposed to be this whole teal out team was just to come in all decked out and teal. The team, for some reason, goes out at the beginning of the game and gives everybody black t-shirts. I don't get that. If it's a teal out, give us teal t-shirts. I don't know. Um, I think that Trevor is, is obviously, like you guys have said, he's playing too much hero ball. And I don't understand why we're not getting uh, Evan Ingram involved more in the game. He's supposed to be like a, one of the best weapons on our offense, but Trevor does not seem to be targeting him very much. And for, for the, if you want to fix the running game, you just need to have Ridley every play run a route that's at least 20 to 30 yards deep and try to hit him. Open up that defense, get him off the line, and that'll open up the run game. Y'all have a great day. All right. Uh, I don't think it's that simple. Yeah. It's not, and they were trying to get the ball to him often. But I don't know. It just – he starts off the game, seems like always, catching nice passes, getting them on the sideline. Here we go. And then it just goes away. It's like the defense says, all right, you were doing that to beat us. We're going to switch it up. We're going to play you a little tighter, a little closer, and just take you away for the rest of the game. I, it's, I don't understand 
why he he goes away or they're not able to connect on some of these plays because some of these plays he is actually open and Trevor misses him or he's just out of reach of catching that ball. Like they should have better chemistry by now. And too often he just disappears, even with the ball still being thrown at him. I mean, I'll say this about Evan Ingram, by the way. He's blowing away all the franchise single-season mm-hmm. tight end marks in terms yeah. of receptions and yards. And t- I mean, the last two weeks coming into this game, he had 21 targets. How much more yeah. do you want the quarterback he to might focus have that on Evan Ingram? this week with where they're at in the receiving Right. Court, I mean, yeah. Yeah. again, he only had six last night. But, it, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure the Ravens probably said, huh, look at What's happening with Christian Kirk out? Mm-hmm. We got to worry about Evan Ingram, who's had two big games. I mean, the last two weeks, yes. he had nine for eighty-two with a touchdown, eleven for ninety-five with two touchdowns. So, I mean, okay, so this game they went down. I don't think that's indicative of Trevor isn't trying to get Evan Ingram involved. I think it's more Baltimore was like, "You're not going to beat us today." I mean, Evan Ingram's got uh, eighty-eight catches. The only guy ever in a Jaguar uniform with a hundred catches in a season is Jimmy Smith. Mm-hmm. Did it twice. And Evan is likely to get there over the final. And he's 12 catches in the final three weeks. I, I don't know how much more they can get right. him involved, honestly, yeah. overall. Um, anyway, appreciate the call. Getting us going. Thank you very much. Let's go to Jay Bird on the north side. What's up, Jay? Hey, man. How you doing, bud? Okay. Hey, uh, I've noticed um, every time Cam Robinson, he hasn't played, we've lost. Am I right about that? Uh, I don't know if it's a perfect correlation, but uh, I, I, certainly they could O-line use Cam Robinson on the O-line. One in the last three weeks, yeah. yes. Yeah, right. No, well, no, the beginning yeah. of the year, remember the beginning of the year he was out and we weren't playing very good in then either. Yeah, well, they won week one, but yeah. So maybe, uh, are we going to get him back is my main question. Uh, you know, he, he he's like a zombie, right? You try to kill him. <laughs> Uh, in terms of his Jaguar career, and you keep going, well, we you know, need him. we kind of need this guy. <laughs> and I do think that there is uh, something that he brings that, yeah. that, you know, in terms of the edge and physical play that do I think he's elite? No, but I do think he is, he's got something that. But I hear they're, nasty. They're, yes, that they're lacking without We him. don't have that nasty on our offensive line right now. Who do you look at and say, Oh, yeah, look how he is killing guys off the ball. Uh, let's see, the Jags in, in games, Cam, now, again, this is not just directly attributable to Cam, but to the caller's point, Cam Robinson has played seven games this year. The Jags are 6-1 and one mm. in those games. Of course, hey, Cam, why'd you let the 49ers do us <laughs> like that? Okay, because uh, he was out there for that as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, not going to argue that it doesn't have an impact. I mean, we're talking about the inability to run the football practically at all, mm-hmm. and I got to believe he would help somewhat in that yeah. regard. Mm-hmm. So, Jay, thank you. Uh, Travis is up next here on 1010XL. What's up, Travis? Hey, gentlemen. How you guys doing today? Okay. Good, man. Hey, I just want to make a quick point. So, not only was it bad enough that I had to sit there and watch the Jags do it, do what we do at home, but then I had to listen to Chris Collinsworth. Like, good God, man, we get it. Holy smokes. I had to listen to the radio and turn the TV off. I couldn't handle it anymore. Uh, what, what was he saying? Oh, just he was – I mean, I'm pretty sure he's the new Taylor Swift for Lamar Jackson right now. Okay, well, uh, look, a lot of people uh, love Lamar, and 
Guess I mean, what? He Lamar, was making some doggone plays. I mean, but if if our quarterback ducked out of that hit from Dewan yeah. Smoot, did a pirouette, and, and then took the and hit then, again, and then and launched it down through the, the field. dart between two defenders, yeah. we'd yeah. all be going, yeah. Yeah. "Yeah!" I mean, we'd all be yeah. going. So Lamar, pretty damn good now. Yeah. I mean, he throws I, the ball a, a, a whole lot better than I thought he would coming out of college. He's th- he's really accurate with his passes. I mean, how many times do you see guys flailing around trying to catch balls behind their back? And he is back there sprinting for like 10 seconds to try to get find somebody open, and he is putting yeah. the ball on a dime to guys. Like, I, I don't, I, I'm sure as a fan of a team watching a broadcast, if they're just loving on – yeah. Players on the other, it's it's aggravating. I don't doubt that, but I, you know, we don't hear the broadcast. I don't know what's said. I think there's a lot of reason to like what Lamar Jackson yeah. is doing. He's been a league MVP. He's a contender for it again. He's got his team in first place in the entire conference. We weren't really giving him a whole lot to the defense. Was defense was playing their butts they off were. to start the they game, were. And, and he still he makes two three plays a game yeah. that, that you're just like, yeah, that's just really, what he does. Can't really do a whole lot with nope. that. You know, uh, it's it is aggravating though. You cut off every avenue of escape, and he's just like, "I'll just bounce over yeah. here, and I'll bounce over there." Because again, there's just some of that. I, I feel, and I was talking about this with Bucky Brooks on the post game last night, and the pregame too. Just like I feel like guys are afraid to take the kill shot because they don't want to get posterized. Yeah. Right. And and sometimes you just got to take the shot because this corralling and corralling. But that's just, what Smoot was trying to do on that one. Uh, Look he what was. Happens, no, you I know? understand that. Right. But, I mean, I'd ra- like what would have been if, if he had. I'd rather you do that. Right, than... right. Take the shot. And, I mean, that was just an incredible yeah. play by Well, if, if you watch the game, they totally started off, we've got to rush right down the middle of our guy so we can have a two-way go because we don't know where Lamar is going to be. They weren't trying to be edgy. They weren't trying to, like, get around their guys and give them a wide open hole because that's when he kills you. Mm-hmm. But if you come right down the middle, that means you're not really getting a lot of pressure on him. He's just going to stand in there. And then once he realizes, oh, you've left this gap open, I'm going to dart there. Oh, you try to close it off. I'm too quick for you. I'm going to dart by you and dart by this guy and dart by that guy and get the first down. Like, yep. that's just how he is as a player. Uh, it's frustrating it as is. hell. And you still could have. I mean, that was the. Uh, it wasn't. By far, his best performance. No. But it's like, you know, makes, as Bucky said in the postgame, makes 97 yards look so, like, oh, you're in for 97 yards. Like, usually yeah. you're like, wow. You yeah. can tell yeah. when a guy, when a quarterback is putting that up. He just kind of glides to that 97. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess he did have a pretty good rushing game, too. You know, it wasn't, but it wasn't this great. He didn't pick you apart throwing the football last night. He had, no, he's good. He had a he couple drives well. where. Absolutely. I'm just nice. saying, it wasn't like. You're like, oh, damn. No. You know, he, three, do, he doesn't have to just touchdowns. sit he in the pocket. He doesn't. His best thing is when I get out of the pocket and make everybody look silly either with my legs or with my arm. And the defense is like, well, we don't know what to attack you on because if we come at you, you're just going to throw it over our head or you're going to run by us. And that's, what, that's the beauty of being a dual threat really good, I can throw it with the best of them, and I can run better than everybody. And his running ability helps open up the running game for everybody else. Oh, but keep yeah. in mind, they lost their starter yeah. in week one, J.K. Dobbins. Right? Mm-hmm. Out. They've lost their most consistent weapon, uh, yeah. Mark Andrews, out for the season. But mm-hmm. doesn't matter who they put in there. you got the threat of Lamar, which helps, but their offensive line's getting it done, and they plug in Gus Edwards, they plug in Keaton Mitchell, who's now out for the season. They plug in Justice Hill. Doesn't seem to matter. When Lamar sprints after he hands the ball off, 
I think he has the ball every time. Mm-hmm. Because and I'm you like, got to respect yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like, you better not let him get outside of you. Oh, he don't have a ball. But if you've by then, that, yeah, they're got gone. five yards up the So middle. you don't yeah. have to have, like, these amazing run blockers. Lamar is going to spread the guys open and get those holes and make them bigger than they actually are. Uh, let's see. Collinsworth said good things about Trevor, too, but he said he's got to learn to get down and he's got to learn to take the easy one, which we all know. That was on the text line designed by the Lifetime Enclosures. If that's well, Again, I don't hear the broadcast, so. I watched I, it. I didn't feel like it was too so, tilted. so dominant. Right. I mean, that's Baltimore. fair criticism. He does need to learn to take the easy yeah, one. Yeah, he does. You know, sometimes, sometimes that check down is there. And, you know, it's a delicate balance, Dave. You don't want to neuter this guy's big play no. mentality. We want him to have that, but you got to well, know I, when it's there. You got to pick your shots. I liked him late in the game where he started to use his legs and getting out of bounds and not trying to, but then he tried to force his set. He's just a big target, and he's not a real bulky guy. So if you try to put your nose in there to get that first down or get some more yards, you're going to have a lot of guys teeing off on you, and he's not like this big old strong guy. But even so, you try to get up there, get down, and the one where he laid the ball on the ground, I think he was trying to slide. All he has to do is slide, and, right, and just slide and, and not drop it. Yeah. Just don't drop it. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we got to take a timeout. Uh, appreciate you, everybody uh, in the queue. We'll get to you coming out of the break at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, David Garrard. And Dylan Denmark, Jaguars today on a Reaction Monday on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. David Garrard on Jaguars Today is brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers on 1010XL. All right, DG, this one's for you on the uh, text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Are the assignments and mental mistakes actually fixable? At this point in the season, or is it just in the DNA of a team from season to season? Like, is like we got to correct these mistakes. We know we got to. You hear that so many times week after week. Then why the hell haven't you corrected them? Yeah, right. Can you correct them at this point? Well, each team has mistakes. We're human, but by this time of the season, shouldn't have nearly as many. You might have one bust or something like that, but not multiple in a game not multiple corrections needed to um have happened because you're so far into the season and you're playing with your mainly with your starters now you are starting to bring in some guys when you start to lose a lot of guys and you're bringing a lot of backups that's when you're going to have more mistakes but our busts have been from starters guys that are legit weapons for us that should never happen. Ridley should not have as many busts as he's had this season because him and Trevor should be meeting together. They should be throwing before and after practice together. If they made mistakes in practice, they should stay after practice and run those routes and catch those balls just like it should have happened in practice because if you leave, just like anybody working with their kids, if you're – say, pitching balls to your, your child and they miss the last few hits, you're not going to just walk off the field and be like, okay, here we go. No, you're going to – And not a good fin- one. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to finish with a hit and a good hit, not at a little dinker. We're going to finish with a good hit. So that's what they should be doing at practice. That's how over the season you correct any mistakes, any blown assignments, those kind of things. you got to come in early with your quarterback and make sure you meet with them so that everybody's on the same page in these situations. 
But that's what you do starting off the season. You're not waiting until week 12, 13, 14, 15, way at the end of the season. That's supposed to be already done. And for all, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that it's not that happening, it's not happening right? yeah. It could be happening. That's and- why I say you're going to have some mistakes. You're going to have some bust, but not to where the fans should really notice it. That's where they're getting their problem is. They're running these things, these routes short, or they're not running the right route late in the season, and, and you don't see that around the league as much. All right, back to the lines we go. Uh, let's go to Stephen Nocatee. Thanks for holding, Steve. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. Um, so this could be the buildup for the most disappointing Jaguar team in history based on where they were at. Um, got a question for you. So if you were running the Jaguars, are you going to break the bank with Trevor Lawrence? I heard a, a billion out there. I mean, are you breaking the bank with him? Because keep in mind, this is his third year, and he has zero competition on our team. I mean, we haven't even given this young guy, Rourke, a chance. All but, right. I mean, are you paying this guy? Are you paying him a billion dollars to be our quarterback right. for the next No, five because years? no one's talking about paying him a billion dollars. That's a made-up number. When they no, sign him to that 30-year contract. We what, haven't what? given Nathan Rourke a chance? I mean, yeah. come on, man. I do get a lot of people asking me, hey, oh. why aren't they giving Rourke a shot out there? And I'm like, it's... Do you think? Because he's not as good as Trevor No, exactly, he exactly. was here the whole offseason. Yeah. He couldn't beat out C.J. Beathard for the backup job. Yeah. Like, Stop. You can look good against twos and threes and make everybody feel real good. I mean, I don't have a problem debating whether you want to pay Trevor this, you know, the the contract the second you're eligible to. Because you don't have to do it next offseason. You can wait another year if you want to. And I'm not ready to have that debate. Right. right now, because we're in, let's worry about beating the Tampa Bay Bucks rather than right. how we're going to feel about paying Trevor when we don't have to make that decision now. And nobody is saying he's going to get a billion dollars. Yeah. I've not heard that from well, a single source. They're coming off a game where you saw the example of letting the string play out, playing quarterback for the other team. There were reasons for it, right? There were reasons that Baltimore didn't just give Lamar the big deal after year three or after year four mm-hmm. or after year five. And part of it was the contract demands from Lamar. And part of it was the style of football that he yep. plays. And how long is that going to last? Like you're having to measure all these things. So they wound up waiting until after six, right? Like that's what they wound up doing mm-hmm. before they gave Lamar that big deal. I, If you're talking about, do we delay from this offseason? They got to get it done to, all right, maybe after year four, we come back and like we see yeah. the improvement in year four, and then we make a decision on what, how big the contract's going to be. But talking to, like that caller feels like I'm ready to walk away from Trevor Lawrence. That's what I felt. No, that's Correct. what I felt he was saying. No, Correct. The answer to that is a hard, all caps, screaming no. Somebody on the text line said somebody with CBS put a rumor out there of 15 years a billion. I, I guess anyone could say any number. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody. Yeah, that I I'd never heard that heard yeah. suggesting. First of all, I never heard anything about a fifteen-year contract. No. I'm not saying anybody can say anything. Yeah, but when the top of the market is nowhere near a billion, why would you think Trevor's going to get a billion? I don't. And I think it, I mean, we, he's going to get a lot. He's going to get an absurd yeah. amount of money that you're going to say, "Damn." You know, what could I do with $60 million a year, yeah. you know? And so but we still got more time before we even have to correct. delve into that. And, the, the, you know, like, this this idea, we're not giving so-and-so a chance. All this, Elijah Cooks, Elijah Cooks, why aren't we giving Elijah Cooks a chance? Well, there he was last night in the red zone, on a slant, bowing his head. Oh, it's on the ground. I mean, 
I'm not saying Elijah Cooks will never be a good player, but damn it, they see these guys every day. Do yeah. you think they don't want to win? You earn your chances. Nathan Rourke, yeah. I mean, that you just destroy your credibility, honestly, if you're going to try to suggest they should be playing Nathan Rourke over Trevor Lawrence. It's just crazy. Let's go to Ronald in Virginia next up here on Jaguars Today. Good morning, Ronald. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, I just want to say let's look back to the uh, San Francisco game. And when you look at the San Francisco roster and the Jacksonville Jaguars roster, I feel like personally that was a litmus test for Trent Baalke. That team, when you look at it on paper, how are we ever going to beat them? I feel like we're beating every aspect of the game. Uh, before touching the field, when you look at the draft, when you look at what we do in free agency, and, you know, when you look at uh, trades, how are we ever going to beat that team? Uh, you know, judging what we've, you know, done out off the field. So my question to you guys is, why are we sitting here discussing what this team can be when we don't have the talent on this team to be better? Okay. The, the real true problem here is Trent Baalke and the GM. And I want to know how you guys feel about that. Thank you. All right. Look, first of all, I think most teams can look at San Francisco this year and go, how the hell are we ever going to beat yeah, that team? Exactly. I mean, they're the team this year that that has the target on their back at the moment. They beat Philly's butt. They beat Dallas's butt. They beat, our, they beat a lot of people's butts. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't – here's the thing. I love the opportunity because that would mean you're in the Super Bowl, okay? And – how could the Minnesota Vikings possibly beat the San Francisco 49ers? Right? They're a mediocre team. Yeah. But wait, they did beat them, mm -hmm. though. They did beat them this Browns year. Browns beat them. The Browns beat them with P.J. Walker mm -hmm. at quarterback. And, oh, well, San Fran had some injuries. Everyone's got injuries, man. I mean, you know, so, yeah, San Fran looks like the best team in the league. So what should we do, just give up? No. I, I, yeah. I, I, we have a rule on this show when it comes to draft talk, right? We've had it since we started doing the show. We don't talk Jaguars draft until they're officially eliminated from playoff contention. We've mm -hmm. had that rule. I don't want to talk about offseason stuff until they're officially eliminated from playoff contention. That's how I feel about the Balky thing. I'm not even saying that I disagree with the caller yeah. that I'd be fine with Trent Balky not being here next year if it continues, especially the way that it's gone the last three weeks and they didn't do what they didn't do along the defensive line and the offensive line isn't any better and questions weren't answered the way that they needed to be answered last offseason. They got three games left, and they're currently in first place in the AFC South. Can we get through these three weeks? When they get eliminated from the playoffs, can we start having the offseason discussions that we're going to have for five months? We're going to talk about that every day on this show for five months. We don't have to do it now. They got Tampa Bay this week with a chance to still win the AFC South. And, oh, by the way, if they do win the AFC South, all the people that are still going to be – and you, again – like, is it good enough what Trent Baalke's done? Maybe not. But if you think Shad Khan is firing the GM yeah. that lead, that helps, is a part of a team winning back-to-back -back division titles for the first time since the 90s, mm -hmm. going to back-to-back -back playoffs for the first time since the 90s, that they're going to fire the GM after that? No. Right. Right. It's just not. I mean, so you can get, get have every vein in your forehead pop out it's not going to happen. No. It's just not going to happen. And you can say, is that good enough? Well, compared to what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I mean, Trevor Lawrence's first 
three years. Let's just imagine, okay, first three years, the second and third year, they win the AFC South and go to the playoffs and have a home playoff game, win a minimum of one playoff game because they did that last year, even if they don't win any this year. Yeah. And you compare that to, I don't know, the last 20 years yep. basically, right? Now, you had years, 2007, Dave, mm-hmm. great year for you and, and the team. 2017, great year, but they've all been standalone years. If you think that they're, if they, now again, if they collapse and don't make the playoffs, I, I, again, we'll have all these conversations, yep. right? But if you think that, they're going to win back-to-back division titles, and they that Shad Khan would entertain moving on from Trent Baalke. I'd be shocked. I would yeah. stunned. Yeah. Like what? Totally out of character. I think Shad would say, "Hey, look, you know, we had some injuries, but we took another good step. We're clearly headed in the right direction. We've gone from a decade of mostly misery to now we're back-to-back division champs. Let's see what we can do to build on that." I mean, you might not like it, but. And that's all we have to talk about right now is the guys that are on the team. We can't make up other guys and wish this guy was here and that guy was here. We don't have that opportunity. So we're going to critique and we're going to talk about the guys that we have now. All right. Um, we got to take a break. We'll come back. They're still stacked up, but we continue to solicit your reaction at 641-1010. So bring it to the table there on uh, social media, the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. You know the drill. You also know Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. He's our QB. It's a David Garrard Monday on 1010XL. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. All right, I cannot keep up with the text line. They're coming in. I'm reading them, but I... I it's like a, a fire hose right now. And I understand. <laughs> hey, look, I, I will take it. We say it all the time. Rather a fire hose of criticism than a fire hose of apathy, mm-hmm. if there is such a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'd rather you be pissed because it means you're invested and yeah. and, and all that. And, and, again, there are some out there go, look, man, we are in first place. We'd still just go beat the Bucks. And I think if they go mm-hmm. out and beat the Bucks, people will feel, yeah, okay, especially if Cleveland beats Houston, for instance, right? This week, things like that happen, then you're going to go, okay, okay. Look, the reality is the Jags are overwhelmingly not likely to be good enough to go on a playoff run. That doesn't mean I don't want a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And I get the – they stink at home. They stink at home. I still want the home playoff game. Yeah. I do. I want the – I mean, I, I just – I I get it. I get the sort of logic behind, well, they, the record's better on the road. We'd have a better chance on the road. I want the atmosphere. I want the fans to, to have the chance to get together, to have history potentially made like it was last year. Imagine if you had had that game in Los Angeles. Still would have counted, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, what if you had won by 14 in L.A.? Would it have been better than winning the way you did here? So I still want that. That's me. Um, but I think people's confidence in actually those things happening is waning. Yeah. You know? Sure. How, by the way, we don't talk about the lines very much. Yeah. Open up, the Jacks open up as a three point favorite <laughs> against the Bucks. That, I was like, Pockets said, what? <laughs> uh, that was, yeah, huh? as the game was going final last night, I think the line came out between the time that the Jags game went final. And Trevor got put in the concussion protocol. Probably so. Right? Like, I, I don't think they had that piece of information because his pockets was letting us know this morning he can't find a line on but, the game but, right but now. But even yeah. so. Yeah. Like, 
Okay. With where they're at, still, what Vegas still made them yeah. right. if, yeah. if you thought Trevor was healthy, like that's that was weird to me. That you know the way the Bucks are the Bucks have won three in a row right now. Are they great? No, but they're finding ways to win. I mean, that was an impressive win against yeah. Green Bay. Fourteen point road win against a team that's also fighting for their playoff lives. Anyway. Uh, let's get back to the calls here. Uh, Anthony is on Long Island. Is up next. Uh, Anthony, good morning. What's going on? I uh, it's another overreaction Monday. Clearly, um, you just can't get the run game going, and when you can't get the run game going, and you lose your receiver and Kirk, that's Trevor's security blanket. And I feel like I don't know if you guys agree, but it just looks very robotic. And if you're a millisecond off with a guy that you haven't practiced with, there needs to be more, maybe like spontaneous plays that are put into this uh you know that are put into this game here from the offices you know offensive coordinator and the coach here so what do you guys think about that are we like trying to be too perfect here and without a run game it's like impossible to win but what do you guys think i think 100 percent the run game is killing us i mean the lack of it because we we're not threatening anybody in the run game to allow other plays that feed off of the run game. And you are having to be perfect on a lot of things because we're asking Trevor, hey, now you've got to go complete all these passes to get us down, which he can, but at some point it'd be nice to be able to give the ball to ETN and and watch him run for 10, 20 yards at a time sometimes because you're always fighting behind the sticks whenever you hand the ball off or you try to throw a screen to him and it doesn't get you anything. Those are your only ways to get some of the pressure off of Trevor and it's just not working. So he's having to do everything behind an offensive line. That's not even that great in pass protection. Yeah. I will say the, the, like the idea of, well, it's too robotic. Everything's too pre-programmed. That's why you rep. These routes I don't know about over the and over and over and over. Part, right, like like when you turn your head, the ball's going to be there. Yes. It's, it is repetition. It is robot. It's like it sounded like he just wanted to, hey, let's play some backyard football. I don't know happens. about that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, uh, no. Yeah, doesn't make much sense. My sense of Trevor is that he'd be fine if the game plan was, I'm going to hand it off 40 times this week. I don't think that being the game plan would bother Trevor all that much. But when you call a pass play, it's like, how can I kill him on this play? Yeah. Right, like that that feels like what his mentality is is he doesn't take enough of the easy stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he's always looking for big, big, yeah. big. Like that's what he's looking for, which I love the attitude, but at some point you need him to rein some of that in because of how much you're struggling with everything else that's going on. Like I think he's capable of being a guy that can carry a team. Mm-hmm. I think he's capable of being that guy. I think they're at a point right now where they can't afford the risk that he puts the team in trying to carry the team play-to-play because they don't have anything else that's working. What they have working right now is Trevor Lawrence has an opportunity to be a next-level player, right? That's what they got working on offense right now. Mm -hmm. Nothing else works. So when they have opportunities to make a good play, he needs to be more willing to take good play as opposed to looking for kill shots all the time. Well, he's playing a bit of hero ball. So yeah. he's trying to find these deep plays to make big splashes to get the team fired up and all those kind of things to get points on the board. But when you have a guy like ETN that you are checking the ball down to, just like I had Mojo, 
they can make some of the most amazing plays happen, you know, one yard behind the line because they've got space normally because the defense has dropped. So he definitely has to figure out ways to get the ball, check down to guys, but also using his legs, being smart when he does take off. But those plays, those chunk plays will come. He just has to be more calculated when he's doing them. All right, back to the lines we go. Six four one ten ten. Joe in Arlington is up next here on the All Pro Roofing phone lines. What's up, Joe? Hey, how you doing, bud? Um, yeah, man, I was um, I was disappointed with uh, with the game last night. But um, my thing is, is that like if we're talking about players themselves, I really believe that Josh Allen has deserved that contract because. He has 13 and a half sacks. He's done everything that he's supposed to do. It's just nobody really on the other side that can really help him. Trayvon Walker has six sacks, and he's the next closest guy. I believe that the zone defense that we play is just not working because there's just it's just not enough pass what's to be generated. And I'm not saying that they were going to rush really well against against Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson's and he's a, he's a he's a freak. He's he's a great player. I, I didn't have a lot of expectations when it came to this game. They just need to win the next two games. They can beat Tampa, and they definitely should be able to beat Carolina. Because if you can't beat Carolina, we're really going to have oh, to go back to the board. Oh, then we're going to have all kinds of conversations. Yeah, yeah. I hear <laughs> yeah, if they can't beat Carolina, that's going to be a humongous issue. But we've already beat Tennessee this year. So we know we can beat them. So it's not exactly exactly over like everybody thinking it is. I know it looks ugly, but it, it's not it, it's not that bad. They just need to get that running game going. And I'm <laughs> hoping that they can get I'm hoping that they can get Cam Robinson back. I'm hoping that they can get him back because we play so much better with him. All right, Joe, appreciate I, it. We we got to jump in here because we got a lot of people. They're they limited. Right, they're a team that ha- almost has to play zone right now because they can't play man, if you which limits your opportunities you to pressure. Play zone. Yeah. yeah, you have to, because guys, no matter how good your coverage is, if you don't get to that quarterback, uh, the Jets have this great secondary, right? And Tyreek Hill didn't play yesterday, and Miami <laughs> went up and down the field on yep. him, right? I mean, it's, yeah, I, you, and we're missing half of our secondary too, and we just got to get the run game going. I mean. Okay. It ain't oh, just, it ain't well, just why a don't we think, I mean, yes. I mean, how do you do that, though? What yeah. you, I mean, okay, is Cam Robinson coming back alone at some point going to fix this run game? I don't think so. It'll yeah. help to some degree, yeah. but how much? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I just don't think there's – I just don't know how we can be so poor at running the ball. Like, they can't move people. I, but how do you How do you have linemen what, – what, you must are looking for finesse guys that can. I think they are. They they, they like the idea of, of of interior players that can move right and get out on the edge, and that's what they've done. So, but when it comes to running between the tackles, they haven't had the the brute force just opening up holes. They started out good yesterday yeah. in that regard, and then it quickly got shut down. The Ravens. I don't know if they made an adjustment or two, but you know, basically from the first quarter on. That was it for the run game. I mean, I yeah, I wish there I had any confidence that they could just go. Ah, eh, we'll get the run game going. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what they haven't shown that. They, I think they I gotta go. believe they're pouring over the film and, and looking at blocking schemes and, and and what the opponents are doing. And we got they understand the importance of having a little bit of balance here. And I think they're getting to the second half of these games, and they're just like, you know, we could continue to run, but 
they're, we're just giving them a free play, basically. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going from first to second down because we're getting stuffed. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, let's get Justin in Palm Valley next up here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Justin. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's Julie's up? Calls are, Julie's calls are ridiculous. Like, they never played a ball in their life. But uh, losing that, I mean, our O-line, yeah, it does need a little work. But Trevor is getting the ball off. But the big thing is losing Christian Kurtz. Because when we needed a crucial first down, he was always seen to get over. You know, when you – yeah, you learn to run routes in the league. But you also, when you've been in the league a while, you learn how to get open. And that little guy always seems to get open. I'll take my comments up there. Uh, there no question they missed yeah, Christian they missed Kurt. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt. When you ever, whenever you have a slot guy that can find those holes, I mean, just look at Travis Kelsey and the way that he does it. You just you, – there's a knack to being able to do it, to being able to separate from guys when you're in there tight against safeties and those kind of things. It, it is a special thing when you have somebody like that. And a lot of times it is tight ends because they're bigger targets and they, you know, they can move inside against safeties. But somebody like Kurt, man, he makes you feel a whole lot better when third down comes around. Absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you, Justin. Let's go to Frank and Miramar next on Jaguars today. What's up, Frank? Uh, hey, guys. So my question is this. If we're agreeing that the offensive line needs to be upgraded, and I, I want David's opinion on this, drafting linemen seems a little unpredictable. And I don't know that uh, linemen, when they're 21 or 22 years old, are mature enough like the skill players are, say. Um, and would it make more sense to be trading for an upgrade in the offensive line, just talking about the future as opposed to saying, okay, we've got to draft somebody. Is there a difference there? Yeah, usually I guess when you have a, a rookie, there's a little bit of a learning curve. They've got a, you know, Harrison's come in. and He's, and, coming, and, he's and, getting better and better as yeah, the season's gone Yeah, and on. I think as the season started, you know, you could see he was a rookie playing and got up against some guys that he was like, oh, dang, these guys are good out here. But and he was a young Yeah, too. but he's figuring things out. So you do have to have that time of them figuring things out. Now, if you bring in somebody that's already been there and done it, like we brought a sheriff in, but we haven't gotten those kind of rewards from sheriff that I feel like. I thought he played well last year for the most part. I think he's declined. His play has declined. Yeah. You know? here, Here's the thing. Name a team that doesn't need more offensive linemen. Right. Mm -hmm. So every time one is available via trade, I'm questioning. I'm suspect. It's like we're talking about on the mm -hmm. break. The guy says, why doesn't Nathan Rourke have a chance? Why didn't any other team out there that is so much smarter than the Jaguars pluck him off the practice squad? Yeah. Just take him. Yeah. He's yours for the taking. Well, well, nobody? Nobody? There's been a Dude. lot of quarterbacks that have gone down, A lot too. of quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Clinton's on their fourth yeah. of the season. Yeah. Nobody's well, taking he's, him. He's also been released to the waiver wire twice. Right. All you have to do, put in a claim. Yeah. Just pick him up, and they, they can't block the move. No. Any, but, so again, the point being, yes, I mean, if you could find some well-established offensive linemen, who's making them available, and what's the cost if they are available? And then, generally, that guy, you got to give up draft pick compensation, and you got to pay him veteran money as opposed to drafting a young guy and trying to save some money. I mean, other teams do it. They plug rookie yeah. linemen in and – all the time. Get to the Super Bowl something, yeah. you know? Like, so, uh, you it's know, just finding the right ones and finding the guys where we shouldn't be sitting here saying, well, they can't move anybody off the ball. 
I think that's the biggest problem. The guys. I wonder if that, Osiris Torrance moved anyone off the ball yesterday when Buffalo was running for eight billion yards on Dallas. <laughs> I'm just curious if he did. If yeah. he did, you know, yeah. when the when the Jags passed up the chance to to take him uh, this year, I don't know. You know, <laughs> might have been a consideration. Yeah. So that anyways. goes back to the bulky discussion, right? Yeah. Like, and that's all going to be a part of it when we Absolutely. get to it. It's yeah. that they drafted. Luxury picks. They drafted a backup tight end and a backup running back in the second and third round of a draft when we see the glaring needs this football team has. We all see it. Yes. Right? And the GM made the decisions he did. We'll we'll see what that looks like when we get to it. Right. Um, all right. Take a timeout. We'll come back. Phone lines are loaded. If you're patient, we'll get to you. 641-1010 on the All-Pro roofing phone lines. Mike Dempsey, David Garrard, Fat Tony, Dylan Denmark. This is a... Jaguars Today, Reaction Monday on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Jaguars Today on 1010XL with David Garrard. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. Heard somebody uh, on the drill calling in this morning saying something about any team that loses many games at home, not going to make the postseason. And maybe they won't, right? We don't know what the last three weeks will hold. Usually don't. Yeah. Our man, the Dominator, uh, former producer of uh, – a morning show whose uh, name I recall, but whose station I don't. I don't. There used to be. Was there another station? Anyway, uh, the Dominator uh, did a little research last night uh, for teams that have lost five home games in the last thirty years. How many of them have made the postseason? The answer is eight, and all of them have happened since the year two thousand. Um, most of them got in as a wild card, you know, at various records. Uh, the Giants in 2007 went on to win the Super Bowl. They were 10 and six, three and five uh, at home that year. So, look, it's not an ideal path. I don't choose for them to be this bad at home. I still want the postseason. I mean, yeah. and again, I don't. The Jags didn't win the Super Bowl last year, right? But did you have a good ride? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. like you, you, I mean, if the only if you're only gonna get any joy out of it. If they win the Super Bowl, well, then you have gotten no joy in the last 30 years of Jaguar football. You know, so I want the shot to play a team yeah. today that forget about having to win four. Let's play a team today and see if we can't ruin their season and, and feel mm-hmm. great about that and and at least have that that week of hope. Who knows what can happen? And you will not be able to convince me, for those that are talking that way, you will not be able to convince me that going to the playoffs in back-to-back years for a franchise that hasn't done it since 1999 means nothing. I agree. You just mm-hmm. won't convince me all to that side now, of that kind of argument. The, the other that means I'm not that, disappointed with where they're at. I am. Right. It's not a two-sided coin. There's like a you know like a Dungeons and Dragons die. We got a lot of sides <laughs> to this. Okay. Yeah. And so, at the same time, you can look and go, well, here's a team that was 9-8 and eight last year. And Trevor Lawrence, we thought, would springboard off the second half of the season when he had 15 touchdown passes and two interceptions. And that hasn't happened. Certainly. Yeah. Right? So, I, I can still see, yes, on the one hand, objectively, going to back-to-back playoffs for the first time since the 90s, good. Right? On the other hand, well, we're division champs last year, and let's say we go – Win the AFC South and lose in the first round, that's a step back. That is also valid, right? Mm-hmm, so, the, yeah. But, you know, it's not all one or the other. Let's but you want those yeah. opportunities. You know what I like to do? Beat Tampa Bay! Yeah. There you yeah. go. And, yeah, barring a, a deep playoff run from the Jags this year, which – 
feels unlikely mm-hmm. at this point. But barring a deep playoff run this year from the Jags, yeah, this upcoming offseason, the whole world's going to pick Houston to win the division. Oh, no doubt. It's coming. Yeah. Right, they're coming. They almost had them as, uh, just wait, right. C.J. Stroud is a Regardless of what now. else happens yes, in this season, if the coming. Jags don't get to the AFC Championship game, everyone's going to pick Houston mm-hmm. to win the division <laughs> next year. All right, back to the lines we go. Uh, Antonio checking in from Atlanta this morning. Good morning, Antonio. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good. What's up, man? Pretty much. Uh, like I said, I just, uh, I just watched the game. Uh, look like uh, uh, we, we pretty much beat ourselves. Uh, uh, as far as the run game, we 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 we, we, we in December it's time to run the ball and get and, and get 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 tough. Um, I think we need to put some more heat on our general manager. We drafted two running backs back to back drafts, and, and and they they can't get on the field. Can't get on the field. Well, I mean, look, only one man can put heat on the GM. Yeah, again. Right, you know, like somebody. The fan up, base has done all they can to put heat on the GM. Like, yeah. unless Shaq Khan's going to put heat on it, it's not going to get there. Right. I, I mean, again, this is—he's not getting fired this week, right? Yeah. So let's see how the next weeks play out before we have a full picture. I'm quite sure there wasn't a whole lot of this when the Jags were eight and three. No. Right, and now they have lost three in a row. Granted, not good. No. Understand that. But, and, you know, anyway, let's thank you for the call. Let's jump back in uh, to the fray. Chris on the south side up next. Go ahead, Chris. Good morning. How you doing? All right. What's up? Yeah. Um, I think it's a collection of a bunch of things. I think the 8-6 and six record, because I think before the season started, the trajectory was over under 10 wins. So I think the record-wise, we kind of where we would want to be, but I think just kind of the recent regression as a team kind of altered our enthusiasm and just how we feel about the state of the team. I do think it's something worry to worry about later on down the road where we want to be at and where we at now, where I feel we're not good enough. Meaning we had to put pieces around Trevor that is imperative to our team getting better. This, Keeping the same guys around cannot happen again, and that's why I do feel Trent has to have some response. I has responsibility on that end, but it's just a bunch of things. And I'll take your comments out there. All right, appreciate it, man. Um, I will say this again: the end result is what the end result is, and and some of it is re, you know like if you had lost early and now you're on that five game winning streak, you feel differently about yeah. the team because they'd have momentum, and you it's the trend line that is concerning, right? But in terms of putting pieces around Trevor, now, again, are the results where we want them to be right now? No. But, you know, they drafted when we thought defense was the major issue. They drafted offensive tackle, tight end, running back mm-hmm. in the first three rounds. They The major acquisition was the trade they made last season to acquire Calvin Ridley to bring him in here and upgrade the receiving core. They also, under Trent Baalke, signed Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. And Evan Ingram. And so they, I think, have tried to put pieces around Trevor Lawrence. Has it always worked? No. And right now, your receiving core is beat up. The offensive line is an issue. One investment wasn't enough. I I, I mean, I get I'm not saying the results have been good, but I don't think they just said, ah, the hell with Trevor. He'll figure it out. I, yeah. I mean, I think they tried to put pieces around him. Were they always the right pick? I mean, clearly, Bigsby hasn't, you know, Done broken a pane of glass this yeah. year. I think offensively, it's the offensive line has really 
they were pretty decent in the beginning, and then everybody started getting injured, and that really started to hurt the offense because they couldn't run the ball, and then Trevor is starting to get beat up more now because he's having to pass the ball a ton. They don't have the balance that they need, and the uh, the weapons are falling. Everybody, injury is really plaguing this team, where last year we were doing really good with injuries, like very few. They are, Dave, but, I mean, you know. But they're piling up on us, like a ton of them. A ton. Okay, I mean. I know they're piling up on other teams, but maybe the guys – Maybe the guys that are coming in behind are not the right guys. But I can't – I don't know how to quantitate that other than watching my quarterback getting smacked back there and watching the run game not being able to run the ball. I so, got you. You know. I, I, I got, I, I'm, just, I'm just talking about us. I can't worry about everybody else's injuries. Yes. Do they all have them? Absolutely. I'm just talking about us. Yeah, I hear you. But, I mean, I, I, I just – it does to me like lose some of its luster when you see how many backup quarterbacks are winning football games. I know around the national. Our football QB league. has to be playing better, but I feel like he's being affected by no doubt that he is right. But like how like how? But I don't know. To, uh, Case Keenum, hey, I know. Go, go win a game without the top two receivers on this <laughs> I, team. I know. Go do it. I know. They're okay. finding a way. Okay, find a way. It's yes. what you're supposed to do is find a way. Right, find a way. And uh, granted, now. Tennessee is not the quality opponent Baltimore is, and I, I understand all that. But in the end, you know, you, yeah. you're, you're going to win as many as you're going to win. You're going to lose as many. And and the whole we had too many injuries may be true, but a lot of teams can say it. And, and they're still most winning. Most teams yeah. can say it. Most teams are impacted. I mean, look at Buffalo now who's rebounded, yeah. right? They've lost key players on every level of the defense. Yep. You know, it's just – it it happens, you know. You got to adjust and figure it out, and and find a way to persevere or not, and mm-hmm. and get eliminated. And uh, I understand, you know, fans are upset. They want change, or they want this, or they want that. Like Tony has been saying, a month from now, we'll have all these conversations. We'll see where they they finish up. Yeah, right? the, today is not the end of the story, and you know maybe they lose their last three, in which case, who knows? Everything's on the table. Mm-hmm. To well, everything within reason. Mm-hmm. Is on the table. If you think Nathan Rourke's going to be the starting quarterback next year, you're <laughs> not within reason. I don't think that one's but, on the uh, table. All right, we got to take our final time out. We'll come back, get a few more calls on the other side. Uh, Tony will take you around. There are other things happening in the league. We'll take a quick look at those and get you ready for XL Primetime, who we'll, we'll, I'm sure continue a very heavy Jaguar related conversation on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Still throwing passes. It's a David Garrard Monday on 1010XL. Brought to you by your local Napa Auto Care Centers. All right, final, uh, what do we got, nine minutes or so uh, for Jaguars today before we welcome in XL primetime. We'll get back to your calls. If you're on the line, we'll get to these uh, few here in a second. But uh, there are apparently other teams playing <laughs> other than the ones that matched up last night at Everbank Stadium. Tony's going to give us a quick look around the National Football League. Now, Gems Around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Cincinnati wide receiver Jamar Chase is considered day-to-day after he left their win on Saturday with a shoulder injury. Bengals defensive lineman DJ Reader is out for the remainder of the season with a torn quadriceps. Washington benched quarterback Sam Howell during the fourth quarter yesterday with head coach Ron Rivera saying that Howell remains the team's starting quarterback, but... 
that they, quote, just wanted to take care of him a little bit, end quote. And the week wraps up tonight with Philadelphia and Seattle. The availability of both teams' quarterbacks is in the air with Geno Smith questionable all week. Jalen Hurts having his status changed to questionable on Saturday due to an illness that had him flying to Seattle separately from his teammates to avoid risking getting them all sick on the plane as well. So we'll see if either of those guys can even give it a go tonight. Mm. Wow. I ain't never seen that before. We don't, we don't allow backup quarterbacks in the breakfast bowl. No. Wink, wink. <laughs> this guy over here. Uh, by the way, uh, on the, uh, the X machine, the Xbox, um, shouldn't have cut Ben Barge. Bunch of losers. <laughs> oh, so that would have solved it. The guy who lost his job, the guy who they thought was objectively not as good as the guys who are not able to get the job done right now would have done what exactly? Been, been a difference maker. Been a difference maker. Giving you quality depth off the bench. There you I don't go. know. Um, <laughs> granted, he got picked up by the 49ers. I'm not saying he's not deserving of being on an NFL roster. Mm-hmm. Played two snaps for him. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I, it, all right. I, everyone, everyone's got their own little thing that they're sure is the culprit. Uh, let's go to Steve in Melbourne here on Jaguars today. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, I got a two-parter for Dave right there. Um, I noticed uh, when they put him on concussion protocol, I remember one of the sacks, he, he got slammed on the back of his head, but he got right up. Uh, and then he ran and started shaking his arm off. But I started noticing, I believe we all did, you know, some of those passes didn't have a lot of air under it, probably five yards or whatever short. I don't know how that affects or whatever getting your bell rung. Mind you, I'm not giving him excuse. Steve, for Steve we got to move it along here. What are your questions for Dave? All right, Dave, if you, uh, you were a coach right there in the film room with Trevor and you just had to give him a reality check, what would you what would you tell him about these fundamentals and everything he's having issues with? And I'll take your comments. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, I mean, just you just got to make the plays that are supposed to be made. You know, don't play hero ball. I think that would be the biggest thing. I think I would Take look, the easy stuff. Yeah, I would look at the film and say, okay, look right here. Look how this guy five yards down the field is just sitting over here open but you're still looking down the field to try to drive the ball to get it to somebody deeper down the field. We've got to be able to take these checkdowns because when you do take the checkdowns or guys that are closer to you, it makes the defense play a little bit more honest and play up a little bit so that it allows you to get the guys in behind them. But if they just feel like you're always going to go deep, they're going to play deeper knowing that you won't check it down. So – I think he's got to be smarter in, 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 in that respect. Just stop playing hero ball because hero ball is going to get him killed because you've got to hold on to the ball longer and there's more opportunity for interception. You want a guy who believes he can make every throw and all that, but yes. he's just got to be a little bit more judicious about it. And he can make every he throw. He can, and that's the thing. We, we don't want check down Charlie, no. but we want some balance. We, yeah. At times, you know, just there's, there's valor in – Living to pick up seven yards on third and 15, punt yeah. it away and play good defense yeah. rather than, you know, just losing the football in these circumstances. You don't want to tether him completely. Yeah. Right. But you need him to understand game situational stuff yes. enough to know this is when I have to be Superman mm-hmm. and this is when I just need to play within the offense. Right. Like we, I'm confident that when they need him to be that next level guy, he gives them a chance. Mm-hmm. To be that guy, but it doesn't have to be all the time. Yes. How about we make the plays that we should be making 
so that we get to the end of a game and we don't have to do all that other stuff. Exactly. Right? Like, he's capable of doing that. Get that in his head. All right, let's go to uh, Andy in Arlington next on Jaguars today. Hello, Andy. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, appreciate the show. Just a couple things. You just talked about the checkdowns, lack of checkdowns. I was going to ask about that. But, but the other couple things I said, I thought the defense played halfway decent considering who we were playing. And uh, the last thing is the lack of field goals. It, I counted up to four possible field goals in the first <laughs> half alone. And, just seems like we, we. I know you don't want to play for the field goal, but man, that could have made a big difference yesterday. I'll take my comments off there. And David, appreciate your perspective. Both Absolutely, people. thanks, Andy. Oh, look, they didn't even get a chance to play for the field goals. They they tried <laughs> two of them, yeah, missed them both. Yep. Then Trevor just. I mean, they obviously would have been going for the field goal on the, the next drive where mm-hmm. Trevor fumbled it away, and then at the end of the half, I mean, if it came down to one second left. I would hope that Doug Peterson would take three at that point, but who knows? But yeah, yeah, you had three that you would. I mean, you're absolutely right. You could have had 12 points. You could have had more than that. You could have had, you know, if he hits the field goals, Trevor doesn't fumble. You hit a field goal there. There's nine. And hey, maybe you stick one in the totally end zone. Totally different game. 16. Maybe you're yeah. up 16 to 10. Yeah. At yeah. the half. Absolutely. And yeah, the defense did. You know, I mean, it, it's the running game. The run defense got away from him in the second half, but. You know, until late in the first half, it's three nothing ball game. Yes, they. I thought that clearly. I mean, they haven't put it all together very often this year. You know, and granted, you know what, they didn't do it last year. Whole yeah, either, I was right? going to say we've heard that uh, story too many times. I mean, you pull it out because one. I mean, in the end, I don't really care. This is today's don't NFL. Care. Yeah, not everyone's San Francisco, and if if you know, but yet they're all gonna. Play it out and see what happens, right? Yeah. You know, I mean. It's, just win, baby. Just, just win, win, baby. I mean, yeah. speaking of that team, they went from oh scoring gosh. zero points, almost benching their quarterback. Now we'll stick with him. And they scored 63, 63. with a guy that who was their backup who was on the brink of getting benched. They're just like, there's no point in going back to Garoppolo. Yeah. Right? And that, and so we'll throw him back out there and we'll score 63. Now, granted, the defense scored a couple of times, but who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take 49. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Darren on the south side, going to get the last word on the phone lines this morning, the all-pro roofing phone lines. What's up, Darren? Hey, guys, on a positive note to end the show, um, you know, I'm going to go back to Doug Peterson's uh, comments in his press conference. This is not going to be an overnight fix. I'll take eight and six. And uh, and and first place in the division after what we've been through the last 15 years. Yes, we expect more, but he said it was not going to be an overnight fix. And only time will tell whether whether Trent is picking the right players or not and building a deep roster. We've got uncovered this year with the injuries and showing how how lack of depth that we really have. But you know what? Um, hey, I'm a Jaguars fan. We've all till we die, baby. Love y'all. I appreciate it. And that's great. And, and they mm-hmm. are eight and six first place at the moment. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how you feel if they go nine and eight and miss the postseason entirely. Yeah. Right? Because well, yeah, it's not gonna be an overnight fix, but you're building off yes. a foundation of a division championship yeah. and a playoff win. Mm-hmm. Which they hadn't acted like it had been an overnight fix for an entire offseason. They're paying the price on that right now. All right. We've set our piece for today. I'm sure a <laughs> lot based on I mean, look, uh the text line is uh just going head over heels today and uh, social media and all that. And we understand. And we appreciate the feedback that we got on the phone lines and all these different avenues today. XL Primetime will pick up the torch, I'm sure. So let's say hello. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com careers. Equal opportunity employer.
All right, Mia O'Brien's here. Mia, it's going to be fun for you for the next oh, few hours. Oh, yes. Monday's truly Monday after a Jaguars loss like no other. There is no question about that. But, I mean, look, I understand. Like, the last night to me was more frustrating than the last two weeks. And the last two weeks, you're so much closer where really one play, this was just a series of, of just self-inflicted over and over and over again that, again, Ravens are a good team. I don't know if they're a great team, but – so be it. Uh, who cares? They're number one. In the, they're the best in the conference. But when you you can't make a field goal, when you just fumble untouched, when you throw it in the field to play with no timeouts, with 10 seconds left, I mean, you can't set the bar even higher. You have to overcome your own mental hurdles. And, you know, you've got enough of your physical problems right now. It's just a bad formula, obviously. I knew it was bad. But then James Coleman came up to me in the press box during the halftime snack and goes, you realize they left 20 points on the field. Mm. And that was when I was like, 20? I don't know about 20. Yeah. You could argue that it was 20 because if if you combine the, the two missed field goals, uh-huh. if they had scored a touchdown before the half, and if Trevor hadn't fumbled it. Well, and if they he hadn't fumbled it, it was third and 17. Yeah. They, they, they were scoring a touchdown. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so then you can argue. a lot of points. Uh, right. Doug's aggressive, but right. come on. So then you argue. So, so then 16 points. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's Which the at that high point, end. at that point, 23-23. Honestly, to be fair to McManus, like I hear Frank on the broadcast saying McManus had the wind at his back on the first one. He misses the 50. So let's try from 55 into the wind. Right. So I like, I'm even though he's got a big leg, if, he's, if he misses the 55-yarder there, it's not the end of the world, right? So, but you got to get three, and then you got to just get the chance to score on those other ones. It's just my – and, the, you know, at the point where he fumbles, Trevor fumbles, it's three to nothing. Yeah. It's three to nothing. And, and we, oh, my gosh. Let me ask you guys this. I came away ah. from it, and I know a lot of people were upset on our social and video channels commenting about they didn't stop Lamar. They ran for 250 yards. Agreed. But it did feel like at different junctures in the first three quarters of that game that they were at the very least containing it. Yeah. Tony, what was the score at the end of three? Uh, the score at the end of three quarters was 13 to – or 20 – or, excuse me, 10 to 7. 10 to 7. 10 to 7. 10 to 7. That's plenty. We're doing pretty yeah, good right, right I mean, look, yes. And, and that's what I said. Like, if your offense – if you're not your offense. If your defense can hold that offense to 23 points – and, and honestly, the second touchdown kind of comes in garbage time in the fourth quarter. They, I, I mean, they, that the, should the, the be enough. The run defense started to break down. Right. But they held you in long. And there is something, I think, Dave, and you, we've talked about it already, that when you get that momentum sapped from you, you yeah. get, you get, you're like, all right, we're going to, oh, we got what? Yeah. We didn't even get a try off? And then you're like, there's that deflating factor, and, and people are human, you know, and they got, and they, yet they still shut them out in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Still shut them out in the third quarter. Offense, look, defense is not perfect. This is not a perfect team, right? And and I do find it amusing, Mia. That's the word I'll use. That oh, what's the point of making the postseason? Because we're just gonna get beat anyway. Who cares, man? Give me the playoffs. <laughs> do like, you right? What, especially what world are we living in? Especially to your point that. The AFC, the AFC has never been more wide open. Yeah. In the in the five or what now seven years since Patrick Mahomes became a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm not expecting a four game postseason winning no. streak, right? 
but give me but the chance. Don't know give me that. a chip you and don't a chair. Know that. And give me a home game. This yeah. we play better on the road. I want a yeah. wild card. No, you no, don't. I yeah. want to see a home play. I want Everbank packed yes. skills. You can't talk about them giving away 16 points in the first half of a game that they lost by 16 and saying, we got no chance against the one seed in the AFC play. What are you talking about? Right. Right. They're yeah. right there. They're, they're killing themselves. I right will now. leave you guys with this. And I, I've thought about it a lot. I even texted with some people this morning, you know, 24 hour rule about it. Tom Coughlin came on Brandy Show on the J Fund in the five o'clock hour, as he always does during Radiothon at the end of last month. And he said, Yes, the Jaguars are on a two-game win streak. That was right after the Texans win, and this team was looking towards Monday Night Football and the opportunity to potentially play for the one seed. And he said, do not forget, the Giants lost four straight games in the year they won the Super Bowl. The Giants team that he coached to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. We were talking about it this morning that, you know, one of the – since the Jags came into the league, eight teams have lost five games at home and made the playoffs – Several of them, a couple of them at least, won the division. The Giants were a wild card, but they won the whole thing. Yeah. Right? Then again, the Giants were a wild card that when you saw them go toe-to-toe with the undefeated Patriots in week, what was 17 back yeah. then, you knew they had the horses to match up with anybody, and I don't feel that this team does physically yeah. right now. Again, I don't care. Get me to the postseason. Look at what right? the Browns are doing right now. I mean, look, you know, San Fran, how can we possibly beat San Fran? How could the Vikings possibly beat them? Yet they did, right? I mean, get maybe we can't. If we get a rematch with San Fran, that means we're playing how about in a Las rematch Vegas with Baltimore in February. Too. Like, I, <laughs> in a Tony, given Sunday. Tony just said it, 16 points that you left on the field, and that was the difference in the game. Yep. So. Uh, all right, well, have fun. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you. XL Primetime coming your way with Mia O'Brien and the crew. DG, appreciate it. Uh, you know. Next Monday, we're it'll be Merry Christmas. So yeah, let's celebrate Victory Monday privately next week. Hopefully. I like that. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, so uh, uh, the uh, Jaguars just sent out their media schedule for the week. Uh, you do have Doug Peterson speaking at two o'clock today, so we'll we'll see with that. Wednesday is the day that we usually hear from coach and quarterback, right? So the schedule this week, ten thirty, we'll hear from Coach Peterson on Wednesday, twelve forty. Jaguars quarterback available in the media workroom. Well, they don't know. They don't right. know. It's, yeah. He's, uh, Trevor Lawrence is still in the concussion protocol. He's not going to meet with the media. Mm. You know, so let's hope for a speedy recovery from Trevor. Yeah. I, 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 guess what? I'm going to be rooting my butt off yeah. for them to beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm frustrated. 100%. I'm disappointed. Yeah. It's 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 soul-crushing to watch the fashion in which they I'm tired contributed to that loss. I know. Yeah. Hate it. And the way they're losing. Hate yeah. it. And I'm going to be there next Sunday – and I'm gonna hope against hope, and I don't care. I don't care if they go zero and three and if they win the division. Like I do, you know, I don't want them to limp into the playoffs yeah. like that. But if they get into the postseason, you start over yep. at that point in time. So you know, now they can't even look at that picture. Just you got to look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and how well they played against Green Bay and their three game winning streak, and they're at home and they're gonna be. They're going to expect to beat you. They're not yeah, just going to yeah. think they can beat you. They're going to expect You're to struggling. Beat you. They're playing good. DG, Merry yeah. Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys. We'll see you in the new year. Thank you. All Absolutely. right, there he goes. Uh, for Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Check the tape Tuesday tomorrow with Jeff Lagerman. XL Primetime is next on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.